Hey, Jen, want to talk about initiating sex? Uh, you first. Great. Today we're going to discuss making the moves to make it happen. That anxiety-filled, overthought, and overdone, vulnerable moment when one spouse propositions the other for sex. Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, providing biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website at IntimateCovenant.com. Here are your hosts, Matt and Jen Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, intensive weekend seminars, an annual marriage retreat, and now a podcast. And today on the podcast, we're talking about initiating sex. We want to tackle some questions like, whose responsibility is it to initiate sex? How does one initiate sex? Is there a reliable go-to move or pickup line? And we'll even offer some playful suggestions to help mix it up. So let's tackle this first question first. Who is supposed to initiate sex? Well, the stereotype is that the husband should be the one initiating sex. Right. And I'm not sure where this comes from exactly or why we feel like that's even necessary. But, you know... Maybe is it because husbands are supposed to be the leaders in a marriage relationship? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I didn't initiate dinner last night, and yet it still happened in my (laughs) house, and no one felt like there was any usurping of authority. So just because I'm the leader, does that mean I have to initiate everything? Every decision and every timing, right? I don't know. I don't know where that comes from exactly. Right. I think it could also maybe come from. Because we have this mistaken belief that um, the men are the only ones who are supposedly thinking about sex all the time. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we've exhausted this idea, I hope, on previous episodes. But women are at least as capable of having erotic thought uh, and pleasure. And maybe even more so. I mean, right. they're women the ones... Women can think about sex, too. And women do think about sex, too. Yeah. And sometimes in some relationships, women are the ones with the higher drive and the higher desire than the others. Right. And I think the thing to, to note is that this is certainly not a biblical um, precept that, that men are the initiators. Because there's right. plenty of time in Scripture um, where... The wife is the one initiating the sexual contact, like the Song of Songs. Yeah, like the whole book that celebrates sexuality. Guess who's taking the lead role in the majority of that book? Yeah, it's the bride. I mean, she's the one who speaks the most and is the most explicit. She's initiating that conversations and the propositions for sexual intimacy um, the majority of time within that book. So it's, it's... you know, let's challenge our beliefs. That's, I think, one of our goals on the podcast is get this conversation happening. Why do we think that it's the man's job to initiate sex? I, I don't know. It, and it certainly doesn't have to be that way. Right. Um, whether it's happening, wh- whether the husband is initiating sex most of the time or only sometimes, or you both are sharing that responsibility, 
certainly you don't have to believe that it is the husband's responsibility. Right. And I think, you know, a better way to frame this instead of husband versus wife is more the pursuer responder roles. And you might be a female pursuer with a male responder. Completely fine. Not broken. Normal. Yep. Go back and see the the High Drive Wives uh, right. podcast that we did a few weeks ago. So when we think about it more from a pursuer responder place, then which one of those is the initiator? Well, I think just by the nature of being a pursuer, if you are a pursuer, it is often your tendency then to be the initiator. Um, at least that's the, the way that it is most of the time in most relationships. And I think if you're a pursuer and you're the one who has more spontaneous desire, again, we've talked about spontaneous desire and responsive desire, but if you're the one who has the spontaneous desire, you need to know that that's what's happening for you, but that is probably not what's happening for your spouse. And so if your spouse is not having these spontaneous moments where they think or, um, or would be motivated towards sex then they're not going to be in a place to respond to or to to respond to that spontaneous desire. They're not right. going to be in a place to get things started on their own. They're not even necessarily thinking about it like right. you are. So if you're having thoughts about sex with your spouse, that's maybe a clue to you that you ought to be the one who is brave enough to initiate that. Right. 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 I think that, you know, the pursuer should assume that role. of initiator and embrace it rather than resent it. Right. Some of us as pursuers, we, we sometimes resent the fact that we're the ones that were, that's always bringing it up. We're the ones who, who always has to initiate sex. Well, guess what? That's your job. Right. That's the role role. that you are in. Yes. Your, your spouse is not, doesn't think about sex the same way that you do and doesn't value sex for the same reasons. They may not even have the hormonal, um, physiologic makeup to, uh, be the ones that are always thinking about it and always bringing it up. So it doesn't mean that it's not valuable to them. Of course, it just means that sex has a different context for them. Yes, exactly. It it means that it's your responsibility. Just assume it. Just take that role. Embrace that role. And instead of resenting the fact that your spouse doesn't initiate for you. Um, Take the role on and make it a challenge to be able to initiate in a way that is encouraging to both of you. Now, I get it. Pursuers, you would love nothing more than for your spouse at some point to come on and to show you how much they desire you, show you how much they want you. You want them to want you the same way that you want them. Right. Um, that's what we want. But frankly, that's not necessarily realistic. But well, also recognize that that also can happen in a different way. Yes. You've got to be able to see how that happens in a different way. Right. I think that's exactly where my mind just went. They are showing you that they want you when they respond yes. to your pursuit. And so don't resent that. Recognize they have a different path, a different role, um, and that they are they are seeking that connection with you in the fact that they respond. Now, responders, that means you better be responding. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be the one initiating, if that doesn't come naturally to you, then embrace your role. You need to be a good responder. Do your job so that the spouse can do their job. Because one of the reasons that a pursuer turns into a pressurer 
is because you're not responding to his pursuit or her pursuit. And so you need to make sure that you are aware that you are prioritizing sex enough that you are picking up on when your pursuer is initiating, you know, and recognize, like we've been saying all along, sex, the connection that comes from sex is for both of you. And it is critical for both of your well-beings. And so, you know, recognize the role that sex should play. I mean, I think it's great. Matt often says, you know, sex is not just the icing on the cake. It's the eggs that hold the batter together. Right. It is critical. And so um, embrace the role that sex needs to be having in your relationship and see the, the, the job that you have within that to make sex a priority and to make sex happen. So respond. Yes. Uh, respond. Be willing. Come, come to the party at least with a willingness to be engaged. Right. You don't have to come to the party with desire. That The desire will come later. Right. You just have to be willing to see sex as an important part of your relationship and as to, to see it as something that uh, is important for you personally, individually, and also something that's important to your spouse. Right. And try think- to see sex from the perspective of your spouse and see what it means to your spouse and how can you show them that you uh, love them through your response. Right. Many responders, you know, especially female responders, often don't recognize that you don't have to have the tingly body sensations to signify that you want sex. In other words, arousal, like Matt said a minute ago, arousal desire will come when you choose to come to the party, when you choose to engage. That follows. It doesn't necessarily lead. If you're a responder, you don't necessarily immediately have those spontaneous desires. So again, like like the whole point of this whole podcast, <laughs> we want to start this conversation happening and bring to light the dynamics that are happening so that you can understand yourself, understand your own sexual response and path of desire and arousal. Yeah. So that's why we want to challenge your thoughts, but we also want to challenge your conversations, especially when to challenge your conversations. I I think one, the the thing again, and we maybe beat this over the head too much here, but the, the thing that's so important for both of you to recognize is that sex is intended for oneness. And if you're yeah. both coming to sex with that objective, then you can both see the bigger picture. And that's a place where even a responder who is not necessarily going to be motivated initially by the physical feelings and sensations that that accompany sexual desire, even if you don't recognize that, you will recognize that when we have sex, we feel closer to each other. And so that's a reason to desire it, even if you're not desiring it for the the physical sensations initially. Right. You can be motivated by what it brings to your relationship and see the result of the closeness and connection that occurs. Right. Because really, it doesn't matter who is initiating. Right. As long as sex is happening. Yeah, there you go. So we've we've taken 10 minutes now to answer this first question. (laughs) Whose responsibility is it to initiate? The answer is, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. But we get awfully hung up on that, don't we? Yes. And we each are waiting for the other. Right. And we'll hold out, we withhold uh, emotional affection or even physical affection because we're 
somehow waiting for this other person to do what we should just simply do ourselves. Right. Because, you know, in truth, it's probably best for both of you to initiate once in a while. Sure. You know, there is something that is said and communicated to your spouse when you when you initiate. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're a responder, recognize that there is power in that initiation that your pursuer will, you know, that means something to them. Oh, yeah. And responders, you should ask your your spouses, what does, what would it mean for you to initiate? For you to hear from your spouse what it would mean to them might actually be a helpful motivation uh, because it it means more than just a, a physical release to them, I would imagine. But what's what's really important again is that not it's not really important who is initiating as long as there is initiation happening, um, because what's most important is that each is pursuing, that each is connecting with the other in every way, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Right. Each of you should be pursuing the other. Whether who's initiating sex matters very little if you're both pursuing each other in all of these other ways. Right. So good. So. After the break, let's talk about how to initiate, whether you're a pursuer or responder, and maybe uh, offer some fun ways to mix it up a bit. Stay tuned. We want to take a moment to thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your feedback. Thanks for sharing and for recommending the podcast. As strange as 2020 has been, our opportunities and support for Intimate Covenant have grown immensely this year. Plenty of things did not go as planned, but God has blessed our efforts even during these strange times. Amen. And believe it or not, there are just a few weeks left in 2020. While that may give many of you cause for celebration, there's one reason that fact should get your attention. We are starting to schedule Intimate Covenant Weekend Marriage Seminars for 2021. Several events are already being planned for next year, and we can't wait to get to meet some of you face-to-face. To get updates for when we may be coming to a location near you, follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or sign up for our mailing list on our website, IntimateCovenant.com. If you sign up now, you'll get a free downloadable resource. And... If you want to bring Intimate Covenant to your church or small group, contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. We would love to put together a one or two day seminar for your group to focus on God's plan for building deeper relationships and an extraordinary married sex life. Together, let's build a community of covenant-bound couples with a holy view of sexuality. Intimatecovenant.com. Okay, so we're back. So we promise that uh, at this point we've determined whose responsibility it is to initiate sex. So let's talk about how to initiate sex. And I want to lead into this discussion with an email that we got from a listener um, that that I think brings up some very interesting uh, ideas about this. So the the emailer is a husband, uh, I'll just say, and um, that's all I'm going to tell you about this husband. Uh, But here's the email. He says... You said talking is foreplay for women. I think this is true, but I think without understanding some other things, guys will be greatly disappointed, I'm afraid. Earlier in our marriage, I think I didn't understand a lot of things, and neither did my wife. But I did make tons of effort to talk, cuddle, etc., with at least trying to have no sexual expectations. But when this goes on for a long time... 
without your spouse realizing you do not receive the same kind of feeling of connection, it sure doesn't seem like this is foreplay. A guy has to be man enough to, on one hand, realize the importance of conversation without expectation because he loves his wife, but at the same time express at some point when he wants sex. If he continually engages in conversation thinking she will just eventually pick up on his desire for sex, he will be continually disappointed, particularly if his wife doesn't even know what it's like to be a pursuer. In other words, if you aren't talking about sex or if there isn't understanding that sex is where he feels connection, all the talking, cuddling, etc. in the world won't really operate much as foreplay. I think for us, it was a lack of understanding and lacking comfortability talking about sex, especially on my part because I was an avoider. Such a good email. Wow. Very, very insightful. So first of all, thank you to this listener. You know who you are, um, who wrote this uh, in with this email for this very insightful perspective. I just love getting to hear how these dynamics are playing out and have played out in other in other relationships. Yeah. And I would imagine that, that many, probably most of you, uh, even if you've only been married for a short time, recognize this dynamic that's happening. Yeah. So let me first make an aside here and say, if you have a suggestion, comment, or a question, please email us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. We will certainly respect your privacy. We'll never use your name on the podcast unless you specifically ask us to. So send us an email. We'd love to hear from you and we'd love to be able to have podcast episodes that speak to what you are interested in listening to. Right. But this husband is exactly right. If a pursuer is not willing to be vulnerable and direct, the responder in that relationship may never even recognize that he's pursuing her. Right. A a responder can be satisfied with foreplay that lasts for days or weeks or months (laughs) because, frankly, they're getting exactly the kind of emotional fulfillment that they desire. So all that talking and cuddling is filling them up Right. if they're not recognizing the importance of the connection that should be coming through sex. You know, you might be dealing with a situation where the responder feels great and doesn't even know that their pursuer is beyond miserable. (laughs) Yes, right. Exactly. So let's talk about pursuers and responders in this dynamic and perhaps some some tips for pursuers and responders when it comes to initiation. So pursuers, and we've said this without saying this, but let's be direct in saying pursuers, you must be direct (laughs) to say and to communicate that you desire sex. Right. I think a lot of us pursuers, we are so afraid of rejection that we never actually make an initiation, a full-blown direct initiation because we're afraid of being rejected. And so we feel like subconsciously, I think that if, if as long as I don't come out and actually ask for sex, then my wife or spouse can't directly reject me. So I can avoid rejection by avoiding the actual initiation. Right. So you spend all this time kind of probing or doing weak little things that send weak little signals and your responder isn't picking up on that. Yes. I spend all day or all evening sort of constantly trying to take the temperature of my wife to try to determine is she in the mood? Is this a good time or a bad time to ask or to talk about this or does she... 
does she even desire this right now? What's a, is this a good time? Have the kids been on their best behavior? Have I been on my best behavior? And so I do all this weak probing instead of actually just coming out and saying, you know what? This is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Now, remember, pursuers, do not use the phrase, I want sex. <laughs> yes. Instead, recognize what you want is connection. Yes. Now, Con- in, yeah. in one study, and yes, people actually study this. Direct verbal requests for sex were almost always recognized as initiation. And they were successful most of the time in this study. So if you are directly saying and communicating that you desire sex with your spouse, almost all the time, that number one is recognized by your spouse as an initiation attempt. And number two, it was almost always successful. So... On the contrary, though, in this same study, physical touch was the least likely method of initiation to be successful. In other words, sitting on the couch and holding hands with your partner, cuddling with your spouse, or pressing yourself up against your spouse even, or even crawling on top of your partner, those (laughs) seem like they might be relatively direct initiation attempts. But those methods of initiation were the least successful ways to communicate that you want actually sex because the partners either didn't recognize that as a bid for sex or they found it so annoying and irritating <laughs> that it was not successful in their attempts to initiate. So, right. Can I, can I give pursuers a tip here? Yeah, it's great. Walking up behind your beloved while they're in the middle of cooking dinner and pressing your body up against their backside while, you know, they're stirring the pot with one hand and loading the dishes with the other hand and disciplining a child with their foot, you know, (laughs) that's not really going to come across as the initiation that you think. It, it, it should be. Yeah. You're just one more obstacle in the way of, <laughs> of getting dinner prepared. That That is not an effective initiation attempt unless perhaps it's accompanied by a whisper in her ear about how much you appreciate her and how much you would like to connect with her later this evening. So state your desire plainly and state it in a way that is more likely to be well received. And you you mentioned this, Jen, but there's a difference in saying hey, want to have sex later? <laughs> or, hey, you want to, uh, you know, uh, you want to do it? I mean, come on. Though, that's a, that is so weak and that is so likely to be uh, poorly received. Even, even phrases like, can we have sex? I really, or, I really need to have sex. Uh, yeah. I mean, those come across to your responder as, I need you to give me something. Yeah. And guess what? Your spouse already has a million people asking for things and demanding things and requiring things. You do not need to be another thing on your spouse's to-do list. You don't want that. That's not the kind of sex you want. That's not the kind of connection you want. You want to be chosen. So give your spouse an opportunity to choose you and to choose something better than just to be a receptacle. Right. So instead, use phrases like, I'd love connection with you tonight. And use that phrase not at 10 p.m., but try even at 10 a.m. Give your responder time to get ready for that connection. Or even better, what about a phrase like, what can I do to help you prepare for a sexual connection tonight? 
I mean, help her, help your responder with the to-do list yeah. or whatever it is on their plate that day will go a much longer way towards them being ready and excited to enjoy that connection with you. Absolutely. Give them a chance to prepare. Um, now, again, responders, this is not an excuse for you. This It is still your job to prepare yourself for sex. Yes. Uh, but that said, pursuers, you can make your spouse's job so much easier if you are approaching this from the right way and for the right reasons. Um, pursuers, be direct about your sexual expectations. In other words, asking for some sexual connection means something different in a lot of different circumstances. You may be expecting a 10 out of 10 tonight and fireworks and hanging from the chandeliers and 14 different positions. <laughs> but that's maybe not what your spouse can offer you. So if you want to avoid that kind of disappointment, you need to be direct right. with what you are asking for. Right. We've talked about, you know, kind of ranking or defining the type of sex mm-hmm. that you have. Be direct in saying, you know, I'd like weeknight 2.0 tonight. Is that something we can work towards? Might help her, you know, or your responder get a better idea of where are we looking to go tonight? Yeah. It, you know, versus... A quickie would be amazing. Just yep. a quick connection, yep. you know. And, and I think in this, a part of this is being realistic. Yeah. Don't ask for hanging from the chandeliers on Tuesday night when you both have had a long, busy day and, you know, and one kid is sick and you've got, you know, <laughs> science fair projects due the next day. <laughs> right. That's just not going to happen. But you could get put a bug in your spouse's ear to say, you know what, this weekend... We're going to have a little bit extra time. We're going to celebrate the fact that the science fair yes. project got done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're going to, we, we have some time this weekend to make this a little bit more special. Why don't we work towards that and spend the next few days preparing for that and clearing your schedule and making sure that you both have time to do yeah, it. Yeah, build some anticipation. Consider your timing because as, as we've already mentioned, initiation needs to start well ahead of time. You, you can't, it's not even realistic to ask for a quickie five minutes before you both fall asleep. Right. Um, because you're, neither of you is going to be able to prepare and make the mental connection and the spiritual connection and the, and the emotional connection that's needed to make that happen. Consider your circumstances, consider your spouse's inclinations, their preferences, all those things need to be a part of how you, uh, tone down your realistic expectations. And we've mentioned this also, but I think just to state it plainly, pursuers, be solid. Don't be another need for your spouse to to fulfill. Instead, offer a place for your spouse of connection and a place of comfort. Be solid. Don't take no as a personal rejection. Sometimes your spouse is just going to have to say, you know what? It's just not going to happen for me tonight. I, I can't live up to the expectations that you have tonight. How you handle rejection says whether or not you're just looking for your spouse to be a receptacle or you're looking for connection. That's exactly right. So stop pouting, stop withdrawing, stop punishing your spouse when they can't live up to your expectations uh, tonight. Instead, try to find some connection in other ways and show them that you're solid, show them that you're a safe place, show them that even though the sex is being rejected, that you're not rejecting them. Yeah. And be a, be a, be solid about that. 
um, and don't stop the pursuit. So if you're pursuing them sexually and that's off the table tonight, then ask a follow-up question. If you say, I want to connect with you tonight sexually and your spouse says tonight's just not going to happen in the way that you really want it to be, then ask, a be- and then ask these questions like, well, so when would be a better time for me to approach you about this? What can I do tomorrow that might change your mind? Or what can I do tomorrow that might change your circumstances? Or how can we connect in a different way tonight? Yeah. So if sex is off the table, can I hold you? Can we talk? Can I listen? Can we share a, a special dessert or something else together? Can we share something together that will provide some connection tonight? Right. And so I think that leads into then, Matt, if your pursuer is asking those questions, responders, you have a responsibility to respond yep. verbally. Yep. And be engaged in this conversation. And and that may mean that you need to be willing to lean into the uncomfortableness, you know, engage in that conversation. Your inclination may be no, not tonight. Right. Challenge yourself as to why. Why the uncomfortableness in that initiation? Hmm. And then what can you do about that yourself? Right. You know, and be willing to converse about this. That means you need to be able to assert your opinions or your preferences once in a while. Not just a no, right. but an explanation. Here's how I think. Here's how I feel about that. You know, and that may mean that you just have to mentally choose to think about sex. <laughs> and, and force yourself to have an opinion, even yeah. if you're just flipping a coin. If your spouse asks, would you rather have sex, you know, this way or that way? The, the truth is you probably don't care. But right. have an opinion. Have it, an opinion. It matters. Yeah. Yeah, right. It matters to your pursuer that you are willing to engage in the conversation about it too. So show that you're interested in what is so very important to your spouse. I mean, the whole point of marriage is service to one another. Yeah. Don't miss the importance of serving one another sexually too. And recognize and appreciate that if your pursuer is initiating and pursuing in the right way, that is an incredible place of vulnerability for them. Oh, yeah. Because rejection does speak volumes to them. So don't just give a harsh no. Imagine, I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Just recognize that, you know, if you're coming, if you as a responder came to your spouse and wanted to have an intimate, important conversation with them, imagine if they said no. Yeah, How? with nothing to follow. With, just with no. no explanation. Right. Just no. Or, I mean, that hurts to think about, right? <laughs> or no, I don't have time for that conversation right now. Or no, I just don't feel like it right now. I'm, I, right. It's, it's not it's not my thing. I don't really enjoy that very much. So I'm, right. no, I just, I don't want to talk about that right every, now. Every sexual responder right now, because most often sexual responders are emotional pursuers. Mm-hmm. And so every sexual responder right now is an is, you know, ah, I can feel the angst and the anger at mm-hmm. the thought of my pursuer responding emotionally that way. Well, guess what, responders? That's how your pursuer feels when you shut them down without being willing to, willing to be a part of this conversation. So if you need to say no to sex, don't just say no, say later. Yeah. And give a later, offer another time, and then show up. When you offer that other time, then that means that you are willing to engage in the full process in that other time. Right. Don't just show up as a body. Show up as your whole self. Right. 
You know, do what it takes to respond. That means you need to open your mind, your heart, your body, and your soul to the full benefits of connecting in this important way with your beloved. And be willing to lean into the uncomfortableness of that. It's going to be uncomfortable for you. It's not it's not your natural inclination always. Right. And, you know, I think, Matt, really it's important for responders to initiate every once in a while. Yeah. No, it may not be your role or your responsibility, but it does. We said this earlier. It does say something very special to your spouse when you show this level of interest in them sexually. You know, even if you don't initiate the sex, you can initiate something. You can initiate, hey, I'm planning a special date night for us tonight. Mm -hmm. Or add an extra element in, light that candle, play that soft music, wear lingerie on a weeknight. (laughs) You know, (laughs) if you're a male responder, um, we don't want to leave out male responders. So you're probably not the one wearing the lingerie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, do what you like. But you could be the one, male responders, to pick out the piece of lingerie for your female pursuer to wear. Right. You know, so give a suggestive massage to your pursuer. Offer a new position. Go to the the website that that we recommend. ChristianFriendlySexPositions.com. Yeah, stick figures, nothing offensive there. Pick out a new position. Responder, if you come to your pursuer with, hey, let's try, I don't know, the elephant tonight. I have no idea if the (laughs) elephant is on there or not. That would, that would maybe be a weird one. Who knows? But if you come to your pursuer with a new position, man, that's that's going to be great for them. And again, because our goal is serving one another. Right. Let, let's, let's sort of change gears a little bit and let's talk about maybe some fun ways that we can do this. Yeah. Because initiation, that conversation sometimes, especially early on in your relationship, can be very awkward. Right. There are some fun ways to do this. And... Um, We've maybe tried some of these in our past or not. Some of them I'm, we're making up on the spot probably. But um, <laughs> here's some ways that we can do this so that I think um, can maybe help to facilitate this conversation. One of those ways is just simply alternating. And I've, right. heard, I've heard of, of couples doing this, and I think it might be a great idea to consider. But this this game, if you will, works like this. So each spouse has a certain number of days to initiate, and you take turns with whose turn it is, right? So if it's your turn and you've decided that for for you that sex is going to happen every at least every five days, let's, mm-hmm. I'm just making up numbers, okay? okay. But let, it's, your sex is going to happen for you guys at least every five days. So when it's your turn, you get to initiate on day one, two, three, four, or five. Anytime within that five-day window. Any day, any night that works best for you, any mm-hmm. morning, whatever, you are the one that's in charge. And then once you've had sex, now it's your partner's turn. And they can initiate starting the next day, day yep. one. If they want to go, or go the all the way to day five. If they want to go the very next day, they can go the very next day. Yeah. The important thing, I think, the, the big thing about this, Matt, is it takes the pressure off yeah. for pursuers. Yeah. Because... Many responders probably are going to draw it out till day three, four, or five <laughs> because they, you know, sex means something different to right. them, and that's okay. And but the, but that's okay for both partners if they don't have that pressure of 
when's it going to happen next? Mm-hmm. You know, responders can get anxious about when's it going to happen next. Yeah. Pursuers can also feel the same kind of anxiety. So alternating kind of takes off that sense of pressure. Yep. And recognize that, you know, if no initiation happens within that time frame, then it's assumed that sex will happen at the end of that time frame. So, yeah. you know, it's going to happen sometime within that five-day period. Everybody knows it's Now you got to play by the rules. That's true. And, I, you know, I don't know what the penalty is for not initiating. <laughs> um, We're not going to propose you, that. You can make up your own, I suppose. But the other part of this is you, get, you can add your own rules um, sure. as required. So perhaps you make a rule that the pursuer is required to give at least two hours notice or maybe 24 hours notice. Yeah, that um, would definitely allow the responder to have the time that they need to anticipate, warm up, get yep. ready. And yeah, and either spouse can always decline as long as they're willing to offer a rain check yeah. within a certain amount of time. So right. if, if it comes to your time to, to initiate, you initiate and your spouse says, look, I appreciate that you've initiated tonight, but this is just not going to be a good night for us. Let's have sex tomorrow or let's right. plan for whatever day. As long as there's a plan in place, then I think you both could probably probably be okay with that. Right. A responder, I think, um, you know, in general, gets a, probably will take a longer time period to initiate than pursuers. You could even build that into your game. Like, mm-hmm. okay, the pursuer has is going to initiate within a two-day time frame, but a responder has a five-day time frame, you right. know, that kind of thing. Um, every pursuer would love to have the rule in the game that a responder can initiate even when it's not their turn, right? I don't know many pursuers would be like, uh, it's a no because it wasn't your turn to, to suggest <laughs> sex. <laughs> That's right. If, if the responder uh, suggests it or initiates the, all, the rules go out the window. <laughs> right, right. That. So a second way that, you know, might be fun to initiate sex, and it, it doesn't sound fun because it sounds boring, but it's just scheduling mm. sex. But you know what, guys? This is not boring. Again, this takes the anxiety. It takes the pressure out of it when you know that it is going to happen. If you know every Tuesday and Friday is is going to ha- there's going to be sex, then... Again, it, it takes the pressure off everybody. Right. And for some of us, that if, if you don't want the pressure of having to initiate, then set it up, schedule it, and right. then both of you can probably be satisfied with that. Right. We've uh, we've recommended before um, trash night because yeah. it, for it ha- most people, happens twice a week. That, that for a lot of couples is a good number. So you know, th- there's there's floating around there some uh, hashtag trash night posts that have, have occurred from from couples who have taken our we, class before. We need, we need to market this somehow. <laughs> yes, trash so, night. You know, and I think the responder when when sex is scheduled, the responder knows that it's happening. There's plenty of time then to prepare. So now, there, there are some fun games you can play. Um, I guess fun depends on how you define it, but. I would kind of category categorize all of these in terms of these are signaling devices, yeah. ways that you can signal that you want to have sex. So you've probably seen in some of the boutique stores, the pillows that say <laughs> um, like on one side, they say yes. And on the other side, they say not tonight. I- I've seen it in French, like we oui or non. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so um, however it is that you want to communicate that. I suppose you could each have a pillow, and when they both are flipped on, on the right <laughs> side, then uh, maybe that signals to each that um, uh, that, that you're both uh, up to it. You know what? There's even an app for this. 
Yeah. Who would have thought? But I mean, of I guess I shouldn't be There's too surprised. But this app is called Love Sync. We'll put um, it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes. I, I don't necessarily recommend it or not. I, I don't use it, but um, I know that it certainly exists. But basically, the the premise of the app is you and your partner are connected through this app, and you each have the option to push a button on the app that signals that you are are up for sex within a certain time frame. So interesting. You're you're interested, or you're willing to have sex within this four-hour time frame or eight-hour time frame or 24-hour time frame, whatever. Right. And, and when you both happen to push the button within that <laughs> preset period of time, then you both get a notification that, hey, your partner and you are both apparently interested for sex. You should make that happen. <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of variations on this um, that we have seen and heard of. Um, lots of people get very creative. Sure. But I think the, the, the possible hang-up to this is is this avoiding important conversations that you should be having? I, I think so, that's the that's the big issue. I mean, I'm all for having fun with this and making it fun, but if if you're doing this to avoid talking about sex, you're not going to get to the place where you want to be with right. your sexual relationship. You're avoiding the, the important conversations about expectations or desire, or you're avoiding the emotional foreplay that's involved and the connection that you should be seeking from sex. Right. So as long as you're talking about sex. Have fun with some of these, you know, yeah. different um, different ways of signaling one another. But don't don't mistake the don't misplace yeah. these and, for the conversations these, you should be having. These signaling opportunities also assume that a responder is ever going to push the button. Right? Would the responder <laughs> ever flip the pillow? I mean, who knows? Maybe not. And so yeah. maybe that that puts you in a place of endless uh, limbo uh, in right. some cases. All but right. have, have the conversation. So, Matt, give us our wrap-up. So, who is supposed to initiate, initiate sex? Again, it doesn't matter. As long as you're both pursuing and connecting with the other in every other way, um, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, uh, but recognize that this is going to require ongoing, vulnerable conversation. Secondly, pursuers, you should assume that initiating sex is going to be your responsibility most of the time. So pursuers, be direct, be realistic, and be solid. And responders, do what it takes to open your mind, heart, body, and soul to the benefits of connecting in this very important way with your beloved. Recognize what it would mean to your spouse for you to initiate something sexual once in a while. All right. Well, if you have something to add, if we miss something, if you have some great ideas about how to initiate um, or do you, do you, who initiates in your relationship? Do you both initiate? Uh, what language or what signals do you use to initiate? We would love to hear back from you uh, through our uh, feedback uh, email at podcast at intimatecovenant.com. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table. Have the conversation about the roles in initiating sex with your beloved. How is this working in your marriage? And how can you make it even better? As always, thanks for listening and thanks for all your support. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thanks for listening to the Intimate Covenant Podcast. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email inbox, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website, intimatecovenant.com. 
Join our online community, find more resources, and learn about upcoming events to help you and your marriage journey toward a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life.